Welcome to the Getting to Know Eurus podcast series. In this episode, I spoke with Nadia, who graduated in 2020. We talked about her experience as a Eurus student, including how she switched major research project topics midway through her degree. We also talked at length about her professional experiences, such as her co-op positions in the federal government, her internship, her career path after graduations, and the lessons she learned throughout. Be sure to follow us on social media at Eurus Carlton and check out our website, www.carlton.ca slash Eurus. That's carlton.ca slash E-U-R-U-S. What did you do before coming to Eurus? So prior to Eurus, I did my bachelor's uh, at Mount Allison University in Sackville, New Brunswick, uh, which is a very small uh, liberal arts university where I majored in international relations with minors in history and political science. Um, And uh, when I was uh, approaching um, the start of my fourth year, I was uh, trying to figure out what what am I going to do? Uh, in my professional life with a BA in international relations. And the answer was, well, very little uh, that you can do with just a BA in this field. So the next steps were uh, considering graduate programs and um, how I narrowed down to looking at schools in Ottawa was that I was uh, interested in a career in the public service. And uh, that led me to researching programs that had a co-op option. So while I loved Mount Allison uh, from undergrad, um, I did not have any professional work experience in my field and co-op seemed to be a great way to get this experience, which narrowed down my choices to schools in Ottawa. And uh, further to narrow down, I applied to the foreign affairs program um, at Carleton, which uh, led me to uh, looking at the other public affairs programs, which led me to Eurus's website, uh, where I learned that Eurus is a small program. And I went to a very small undergrad university where I had a lot of uh, one-on-one time with professors, which was one of my favorite things about Mount Allison. And I kind of wanted the same intimate program experience with my master's. Um, and so when it came time to choose between um, UOttawa, um, Carlton's, uh, NIPSIA program and Eurus, it came down to um, which programs seem to have the most kind of community uh, sense of community and the most um, outside of um, like academic opportunities. And uh, I remember very well getting accepted into Eurus and speaking to the director at the time, Akeem Hurlman, and everything just seemed to be the right fit, um, which, uh, which is uh, what brought me here. And it was a great choice. So you were really concerned with sort of the work opportunities kind of coming out of your undergrad. Um, What did you, what were you interested in academically and did that have an impact on the program choice as well? Academic interests uh, were a little bit all over the place. Uh, I think most narrowed down would be, uh, and it's not narrow at all, it's European history. Um, what drew me to Eurus, and uh, this is also what drew me to my bachelor's degree, was the interdisciplinary nature of the program. Both throughout my undergrad and through my master's program, I took courses in history, foreign affairs, um, political science, 
and being able to take a variety of courses um, is exactly what I wanted. My specific academic interests throughout my master's changed quite a bit and they were influenced by um, my work experience. I switched from a Russian history topic for my major research paper to a uh, open government topic, which directly related to my second co-op, which I did on the open government team at the Treasury Board of Canada Secretariat. So I guess by the end of my MA, my academic interests reflected my professional interests, but that is not to say that I still don't have a love for history. And I don't have any regrets about changing my topic several times, um, but I think an interdisciplinary program does, kind of, that does allow you to pursue different interests. Okay, so you kind of went in with the project in Russian history and then spent, did, I'm guessing, did you do both like seminars as well with that topic and write your proposal on that topic? I wrote my proposal on the topic. I had already dove into research. And so one of the reasons why I changed before my co-op is that uh, there was an article published right around when we were finishing our proposals and it was exact um, what my proposal was, which is which is great, but uh, also not great for uh, writing on that topic anymore. Uh, so I was already starting to pivot, uh, but I had done a fair bit of work on that initial uh, historical proposal, and I actually ended up officially changing uh, later on after as I was finishing my third co-op term, which is fairly late, which left me one year, less than one year to do the whole MRP process. I rewrote a proposal and it ended up being a little bit crunched. I'm not sure I would recommend switching that late uh, in the game, but it's doable and it was done and it all turned out okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't think I've heard of that sort of um, path towards actually completing the MRP. I know a lot of people kind of have it in their back pocket as something like, oh, God, it's something I have to finish. But it's quite ambitious to change it with uh, after, you know, three co-op terms. Well, you must have been a year and a half into the program at that time. Yeah. So my path through the program um, was a bit different because I did the full year of classes, which is typical. And then I did three back-to-back co-op terms with absolutely no coursework. Uh, it was more common for students to take evening classes and then after their co-ops to take casuals or part-time contracts to finish school. But I chose to come back to school full-time in my last year to complete all my courses and to complete my MRP. And that has advantages and disadvantages Advantages were that I was really able to focus on school for one last year and not have to worry about a full-time job at that point. I did still have a part-time job that wasn't my co-op, but that uh, meant that it was a break in government employment, which perhaps made it a bit harder to be bridged in the end. But there are other factors there, such as the start of the pandemic that may have influenced that as well. But I, for me, it was a good choice because I really love school and being able to have that final year uh, in full-time coursework for my 
fall semester and then have basically my winter, my last winter semester be fully dedicated to the MRP. Uh, worked for me for the most part and actually allowed me to finish that MRP because I was able to basically dedicate a full semester to it. Um, that being said, everyone's path uh, was and is different um, and lots of different combinations of work, school, co-ops, academic work is doable. Yeah, absolutely. I think like the more I talk to um, people who have gone through the program or who are going through the program, it's not not it's not this sort of like cut and dry, like you do these courses, then you go do the co-op and then you go get your job or you go on to another degree. A lot of people end up having experiences where they, you know, take more time, they do things in a different order. Um, so yours is definitely yours is definitely a unique path. I've never I've never heard of that one before. Um, quite honestly, that's the path that I've actually set up for myself too, because I'm doing a semester of co-op this semester, then a semester in the same position, uh, a summer off to write my MRP, potentially do an FSWEP at the same time, depending on how much I can get done next semester on my MRP, and then a full year of courses and um, finishing up the, the degree. I really enjoyed that approach. Um, I found personally, um, evening classes to be a little bit more tiring, I'm not as alert uh, from the hours of six to nine, even in-person classes. And uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to have that last full academic year is to continue to have uh, daytime classes and again, to have slightly less things to balance. So I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. And I, I don't think you'll regret coming back for a full year. And one thing I want to say about the program as a whole from my experiences and, and the ones I heard, uh, the professors, supervisors are very uh, encouraging and are very open to uh, working with you and what works for you and what timelines uh, work for you. So I felt supported um, the whole way through, even when it was crunch time, even when I was running out of time. So it's, uh, it's very nice to be in this kind of uh, supportive environment uh, when you're under the stress of finishing that paper. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, uh, that's something that I felt a lot too. Um, lots of people have felt um, that, uh, who, I've, who I've spoken to, that it's like there's a lot of support from, from, from faculty on, that, uh, on, on those sort of more difficult uh, aspects of the degree. Um, I would like to maybe move a little more specifically towards your co-op experiences. So maybe we'll start with uh, term one. Uh, what did you do? Where did you work? So my first co-op term was a Environment and Climate Change Canada and the Results and Delivery Unit. Now, how I got this co-op uh, was really rather stressful because the summer after the first academic year, I was doing a um, RA position abroad which meant I was applying and interviewing for co-ops remotely. Uh, interviewing remotely today seems like something completely normal. Uh, interviewing remotely back, uh, back in 2018 was uh, not the norm and I was very bad at it. So it took me quite a few interviews to land a co-op. Environment Canada was one of the departments I was very interested in but it wasn't necessarily uh, my top choice uh, for co-op. Um, but I was very happy to, to get this co-op and I went into it and I gave it my all, but I knew that I wasn't going to be necessarily staying for a second term. And that's partially because I wanted to experience more than one department um, before trying to land a permanent position. Uh, I had heard that departments are very different. They function differently. 
The first process I found personally very nerve wracking in terms of prepping and interviewing and actually just like being there on the first day on the job. Looking back, I would tell myself not to be nervous because I found everyone very welcoming. And after the rigor of academic work and balancing um, multiple like priorities, like in your like school life, um, that the transition to professional life was actually not difficult or not as well, like it, it was easier and smoother than I had expected it to be. Uh, I think it depends again, where you land. Some workplaces might be a lot more fast paced than others. Um, but I found that I was well prepared from school to go into a policy analyst position um, in a federal department. So what was it like being a policy analyst at Environment Canada in that job? So at the time, uh, the results and delivery unit was very focused on tracking mandate letter commitments uh, and uh, updating the mandate letter commitment tracker. So I got to learn what the department does as a whole, which was great. Um, what perhaps uh, it on that specific unit, it's a very specific kind of work. And in that position, um, some of the experiences I didn't get were writing speaking notes or briefing notes, some things that um, are very useful to have on your resume when you apply for uh, positions um, after school. So that was one of, uh, one of the things that I didn't want from a co-op and so one of the things my supervisors at my first co-op encouraged me to, um, to seek out in, in my next um, job opportunity, in my next co-op opportunity um, to, have, to have those skills. Because when you look at applying to a pool, like a pool of candidates at uh, the junior levels, for government, a lot of the a lot of the screening questions ask about writing briefing notes, speaking notes, about synthesizing information, um, about uh, presentations. And uh, while I got to learn how government worked broadly in that first co-op, uh, those those uh, like briefing notes were some of the things that I wanted to learn, and was something that I did learn uh, in my second and third co-op terms. Did you just go back onto the job board and start applying after like, and I'm guessing it was during your first co-op, right? Because the job board opens up really early in the semester, if I understand correctly. Yes. So actually, unlike my first co-op where I applied to numerous positions and to several departments for my second co-op, having gone through the process, I was quite a bit more selective. I actually only applied to one co-op and only interviewed for that one co-op. And it really stood out to me because uh, one of the other things I did with the years program was the internship in second semester of first year. And I did that internship at the SecDev group, which is a research center based in Ottawa. And it happened that um, in my internship, I got to do some work on an open government file that was directly related to the open government team uh, at uh, the Treasury Board of Canada Secretariat, TBS for short. And when I saw that uh, job posting, I thought, well, this is a perfect fit. I am so interested in this. I really, really want like this specific co-op. And so while I don't necessarily encourage students to only apply to one, um, especially the first time around for like your, for your second co-op, I think it's a bit, uh, a bit safer. 
um, but I, I did get the, that position and it, uh, it was a great experience. Everything I wanted, uh, very fast paced. Uh, it's a central agency. So that's also a very useful experience to have on your resume. And I basically got to tick off a lot of the like experience boxes that a junior analyst would want um, on their resume. So you've mentioned open government a couple of times. I don't think I'm actually 100% sure what open government is. So tell me, um, what is what is open government? And then also, maybe we can, you can talk a little bit more about how that sort of uh, built into your MRP uh, topic, your new MRP topic. So uh, open government is uh, all about uh, government agencies um, being open and transparent in their work and publishing data and, and results uh, online in open formats so that, that people could use, could see this data and use this data. And Canada is part of the Open Government Partnership, uh, which is a global organization of governments that make plans, that make open government plans to basically improve uh, how they govern through uh, openness and transparency. Um, one of the very fun things about uh, my co-op was during the time that I was on the open government team, uh, Canada was the co-chair of the open government partnership and we were hosting uh, the global summit in Ottawa uh, in May, 2019. And getting to be a part of that uh, was amazing. Uh, thousands of people from around the world came to Ottawa for this conference. And I think that was one of the highlights of, um, of my co-op experience, not just because this was, um, you know, a fantastic event to be a part of, but in the lead up to the event, uh, even the students got to like work on so many different files uh, just based on the deadlines and that ever so much had to get done in preparation. So it was a great time to be a student and to offer to help uh, basically anyone on the team because everyone needed help at all times. And that is one piece of advice I would give to co-op students is that uh, try to get to know as many people as you can at your workplace. And uh, a great way to do that is to see if anyone needs help with their files. Usually they do. Um, and that way you can show more people what you're capable of. Uh, so fell in love with the, with the concept and loved my job very much. And that is why I started, uh, why I chose to research uh, open government in Ukraine. And I was uh, curious to find out that they were part of the open government partnership. And I wanted to know what influenced um, their joining of the partnership and how in a, in a place like that, how open government uh, functioned. So that was a big influence of my topic. My supervisor couldn't say no um, <laughs> because I was uh, very passionate about the topic, hence the very late change. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. And it's cool to see that you found a position that actually like spurred a passion that kind of created a passion. Definitely was very passionate uh, about the topic and would have loved to come back to work in kind of the digital government realm. And there's different, uh, there's different teams in government and in different departments that work in this area. However, not everything always goes to plan. And 
after I finished my MRP and I graduated my MA, I started a casual term, a casual contract uh, with the digital government team, also at the Treasury Board Secretariat doing slightly different work. The digital government team um, had just uh, published a new policy and directive on uh, digital government and the work on, that I was focusing on during this casual was all the uh, directives that fall under this policy, they needed to be updated to reflect the new policy on service and digital. And the hope was to be bridged from that casual to an indeterminate position uh, for various reasons um, to do with HR and pandemic and funding that didn't quite work out as planned, which happens. And so in a bit of a scramble to land another job, I took a, another casual uh, at uh, Immigration Refugee Citizenship Canada, where I started this January. And from there, uh, I got bridged into an indeterminate position. And so I'm now happily an indeterminate employee of the federal service. Uh, it took me a little longer to get there than perhaps uh, for some of my classmates, uh, but kind of like the end goal for me for, for the master's was to start my career in Ottawa as a public servant, and that has been uh, fulfilled. And sometimes your path takes you to different places, and I am very happy that with where I've ended up, which is the strategic policy sector, the strategic policy branch at IRCC where I am um, currently working in a director general's office. So I get to oversee a lot of what happens in the branch um, and very shortly um, we'll be moving into one of the uh, teams within the branch. How would you say that your Eurus experience, so including both your professional experience in the co-op terms and the internship, um, but also some of the academic work, the courses that you did, how did it all sort of like help you along your, your professional journey? So this will be a bit of a longer answer uh, because there's so much to say about the Euros program. One of the things is that the, if you're really into academics, like you are a passionate academic, Eurus is for you and the professors will help you nurture that, that passion for academia. If you're there to really develop professionally, there will be support for you there as well. And so I felt that there was really a balance um, of support uh, from uh, professors for whatever, your, whatever it is your goals were in the program. One of the courses, I think that I loved the most was actually the core class in both first and second semester of the first year, partially because um, almost all of the professors uh, taught at least one class and it gave students exposure to, uh, to all the US professors, uh, which was absolutely lovely. And it will always stand out for me as one of my favorites. And another favorite course of mine, um, was actually China-Russia relations uh, with uh, Professor Lee Sardi. And um, I mean, a lot of students uh, have dreams of working in the foreign service. And this uh, course was taught um, by a Canadian diplomat and just the stories and the amount of knowledge that, um, that uh, Mr. Sardi had was 
incredible to listen to. Um, and so on top of like the course readings and discussions, just hearing all the personal stories that he had to offer was um, really interesting. And uh, again, one of my, one of the favorite courses I took. So I felt, and I felt that there was quite a, a high standard uh, for academics. I uh, definitely remember I had some issues with uh, lingering commas and places where they shouldn't have been. And there was enough care and attention to detail from, um, you know, from the professors to be kind enough to point those things out and tell you, look, like you really need to work on your use of commas. It's, that is not, <laughs> that is not how you use them in uh, an academic article, or you cannot use passive voice. Actually on passive voice, you don't use in academics, but you absolutely use it in government. So that was actually a learning curve in my first co-op where I did have to write something and I wrote it all in um, not passive voice. And my supervisors were like, nope, it's government. We use passive voice all the time here. So the career development and not just career development, but overall kind of personal development opportunities I found were very vast and numerous. And that went from the, the internship program, the opportunities to uh, work and study abroad, uh, language training for those um, who chose to do language training. Um, basically anything that, uh, that I would want from an MA program, it was available. Um, you just had to apply for it. Um, and uh, I think that I made the most out of, out of the program as a whole. And uh, looking back, I don't think I would have done anything differently. My final question um, is now that you are um, a happy, indeterminate employee at the federal government and you've accomplished your goal, what's next? So there's very interesting work being done within our sector at IRCC. So what's next is to um, uh, move into a team that works on a specific file in the director general's office where I am now, we oversee how the branch operates as a whole. The immediate next step would be to actually move on to a team that works um, on a file. Um, for example, express entry or digital policy as it relates uh, to immigration. One thing that, um, that I have liked in my academic and professional career so far is I've got to work on a lot of different projects in a lot of different places. And I know a bit of a lot of topics, but I'm not really a policy expert in one topic. So I would ideally like to stay in my, in my current branch um, for a while to become really knowledgeable at a file and how the policy process works, how it works from start to finish, um, and to basically be on a team for a full kind of like policy cycle um, as, as it would be on that specific team. I can see myself working in government for a long time. One thing that I think is very cool about the federal government is that there are so many different topics, departments, and places that you could work. Like, I, I don't know how much I would believe someone if they told me that uh, they couldn't find any job in government that they, like, that, that, that they liked because there's just such a variety out there. And I think it's wonderful that um, employees are encouraged to compete with different departments and encouraged to, not too quickly, but to move around to, um, 
improve their knowledge of how government works and how different departments work. Uh, I think that's really quite wonderful and something that I really like about working for the government is that at the end of the day, in some way, even if it seems very, very small at the moment, what the work that we're doing in some way contributes to, you know, public good. And that is um, rewarding. And I, that is something that I want out of a job. And that is something that I enjoy here. And I enjoy being around people that it matters to that what they're working towards, like what small part they contribute, it's to a greater good. What a nice way to end the interview with, with that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to check out the other episodes from this series and follow us on social media at Eurus Carlton. For more information about the program, as well as a guide on how to register, key dates, and deadlines, be sure to check out our website, www.carlton.ca slash Eurus. 